Have you ever wanted an instruction manual for your life? Something that went over the stuff that isn't always obvious? Or even some of the stuff that is? My name is Sarah Ramsey. I'm a singer, voice, performance, and growth coach, and I've spent a lifetime open to the lessons behind our experiences and seeking out pathways to becoming more enlightened, better humans. And I'm Dr. Stefan Rabnett. I've been a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine for over 20 years, and I'm also a Jay Shetty certified life coach. I've long been fascinated with our human superpowers, the ones we don't quite have the instruction manual for, and I'm forever curious about how we can unlock them. Welcome to This Big Life Podcast, where we have deeper conversations about the nature of existence, our place in it, and how we can leverage these things to create the life we want. Basically, we're bringing the woo-woo to you, you. But don't worry, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of This Big Life Podcast. We have a dandy episode today. <laughs> it, it is, it is a, it's, it's, it's a philosophical in nature. And basically, we're just kind of exploring the idea and the question, is everything a choice? And with that is we're kind of looking at free will, destiny, is things random? Is it not? If it's not, then what is it? And this is something that I know Sarah and I have talked a lot about, and it's been something I've been curious about, well, as for as long as I can remember, is this kind of the background, um, the stuff that we can't see, is there order to it? And if so, do we participate with that order? And it's a charged topic, definitely. And... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's one I'm excited to get into. And I will obviously say the usual disclaimer that these are just our opinions. They're not opinions of any of our sponsors. They're not opinions or gospel of any way, shape, or form. It's just our point of view today. And that, and I've kind of noticed myself. <laughs> and we don't necessarily know what we're talking about. <laughs> no, no. Uh, or do but we? It's or do we? Well, <laughs> but, you know, I think that that really is, I, I think that um, it's a big topic and uh, I think it's worth the discussion. And I mean, that's really what we're here for, right? Is the discussion. It's mm -hmm. not even to necessarily come to a conclusion. It's to, to investigate the the nooks and crannies. Yes, nooks and crannies. There we go. The nooks and crannies podcast. <laughs> the, <laughs> and, and it's true, right? Because we'll have the discussion about the thing or the topic. And then, you know, that leads to a second question is, well, well, then what? Or so what? Or does it matter? And mm -hmm. that's a little kind of separate conversation. And um, but one we'll kind of potentially dive into today. But ultimately, it kind of goes like on the point of view that, you know, I've shared a lot is that everything matters, nothing matters. We want to be aware of things, but not make them too significant. So that 
means this too. We don't want to make whatever we're talking about today too significant, yeah. but we also don't want to avoid it because it's uncomfortable. So without yep. further ado, let's get uncomfortable. <laughs> I want to like crack my knuckles and <laughs> you know let's get uncomfortable. Sinister, let's do it. sinister laughing is underrated for sure. So, yeah. <laughs> so well, yeah, do you? Uh, this is kind of one of those things we're kind of like walking around the pool, but haven't really quite jumped in yet as we're talking <laughs> here. So, I'm just gonna jump in the pool. I'm scared of those waters. Go for yes. it. Jump in. Be brave. And this is this is just my point of view. So the idea is, is everything a choice? You know, and um, I'm going to answer that by saying yes and less so. It's almost, for me, it's, it embodies that paradox. And when I say that paradox, I just mean paradox in general. In my experience, the one of the, some of the biggest elements of truths are when a paradox meets. When two opposites meet, there seems to be a truth there. But that paradox means it's, it's not for our conscious, usual linear mind to kind of understand. So mm -hmm. whether or not that's the particle wave duality, yin and yang, like all this kind of, kind of dual nature, this almost paradox where they join is there's a truth. And I think that this kind of falls into that same category in the sense of are things a choice or is it destined? And there's subcategories of that. And really, you can mm. even look at it, are things random or is there kind of a background pattern or order behind it? And it's kind of two parts of the same type of question. So for me, mm -hmm. that's it's a paradox because it is, in essence, both. So, you know, I've, I've talked about this um you know, with different people very times. And when we, when we talk about that philosophical aspect, is everything a choice? One of the big things that comes up is, well, why would I choose suffering? Why would I choose something that I don't like? And that's a very mm. good question because there's suffering and there's also a lot of layers of suffering. And I don't want to mitigate any like intense, because there's horrendous things in the world. Like we, it's, you don't have to look far yeah. to see horrible, yeah. horrible, horrible, horribles. And so, yeah. so the question then is, is, well, do those people choose that? And Right. The only thing I can say to that, well, it's not the only thing because I'm going to be talking a lot here, but <laughs> there's an aspect of that is, and we'll get into this in a bit, but I would say that if we choose, the part of us that is doing the choosing isn't the conscious linear mind. So it's not like the linear conscious mind, Stefan, that's doing the same choice of should I wear a gray shirt or a blue shirt today? So there's a different layer mm -hmm. potentially that if there is choice, that that's kind of what it's related to. So, um, and for me, I kind of came to the conclusion a long time ago, just with respect to are things random or is there some sort of pattern or order that even if I was wrong, I was happier living that there was some sort of aspect and pattern and order and things weren't just completely random. So I kind of adopted that point of view a while ago. And so maybe that's why, and then maybe that's shaped my point of view with respect to that. Mm. But for me, there is random elements, but there's also non-random. And again, that's mm -hmm. kind of the paradox in terms of free will 
um, choice versus destiny. And yeah, I could yabble the whole time. So Sarah, what are your thoughts? Well, I think it's a really interesting question because I think it's really actually very difficult to talk about this subject without talking about your, and I don't mean you, I mean the greater your, our spiritual beliefs. I think it's really hard to talk about this question without addressing our individual concepts of God or whatever, you know, noun you want to substitute for that. Um, so, you know, as you say, where where you sort of come down between random and choice, I have all, I have come to the belief for myself that there is choice, but it is choice in conjunction with the greater power, whatever name we want to give that. I tend to use the term universe, but you know, so with, with the, um, the, the superpower, <laughs> let's call it the superpower that isn't ours, <laughs> the greater superpower. Um, and I because I am someone who does happen to believe in reincarnation, I think there are some of those really big choices, like, excuse me, some of those really big experiences that we have, like you're talking about the pieces that are suffering in our lives. I happen to believe that we choose to engage in those lessons and we choose to partner with the people that we're going to learn them with long before we ever get here. And then, you know, we have to go through the challenges of learning those lessons while we're here. That's how I have made sense of it for myself. Great. Um, I like that. Thank none you. of that makes sense if you don't, you know, it does make believe sense. in reincarnation or a, a superpower. Well, whether or not somebody believes in those things or not, or not, it makes sense. And I like what you said, because the reality is, is it this topic seems to be at the base of any religion or any belief system including atheism yeah. right yeah. so that there's that's is the this is the question mm. that potentially you know is worth discussing because it kind of brings a lot of stuff out in the open mm. so uh, i have a question for you when you mentioned kind of you know there's the universe in conjunction with so how are you separate from the universe <laughs> Well, this is going to mean I have to explain my concept of God to you, <laughs> which I'm willing to do, but it's not something I actually do a lot. I have always, so my visual is not the white man in the clouds with the long silver beard. That is not my visual of God. My visual that makes sense in my little pea brain is I have always thought of that great power greater than us as being like a cloud. And as because I do believe in reincarnation, so as we incarnate down to earth and then we die and go back, I think that all of us are what make up that cloud and we are incarnating in and out of it. So we are part of that greater whole. So we are a part of the greater power. And that's what makes sense to me. 
I like that. Well, no, and that makes My sense. Cloud God. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like the analogy they say, like, you know, we're all ripples in the ocean of oneness, right? So are the waves separate mm-hmm. or are they part of a whole? And they're both, right? And for me, that's mm-hmm. the embodies that aspect mm-hmm. of paradox. So are we part of that cloud you speak or is that cloud separate than us? And, and you know, I, I guess there's essence, there's both. Um, and, and as yeah. we're chatting here, I think that aspect of that, kind of connection and oneness as the base is as potential, whether or not that's that cloud, whether or not that's encompassing everything. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Like I, I think for myself, it's, there's part of us that is connected and is that bigger picture, whatever you want to call it. And for me, that mm-hmm. was always the part that potentially does the choosing, so to speak. And again, not a, not mm-hmm. that base. It's like it's like a family tree that kind of kind of splinters out down at the bottom. There's lots of little conscious minds and stuff, but at the kind of closer to the top, it's just kind of you know you can call it our higher self or our subconscious or, or whatever you want to call it. That mm-hmm. is more um, kind of closer and closer, I think, to seeing pure potential and less about story as you kind of get to the higher levels there. And I believe that that, yeah. that is kind of the part that quote unquote does the choosing. And I guess, you know, mm-hmm. for me, it, it always seemed like what we were able to perceive and pick up in this world was only part of the equation was only part of it. Right. Like I, that whole, like, you know, maybe the wizard of Oz impacted me and the man behind the curtain and being like, Whoa, okay. There's something else going on there is there was always seemed like there was potentially more and that Mm -hmm. in essence, we was almost frustratingly impossible to have a concept of it from the same level of thinking that we usually exist from. Yeah. So yeah. That's why this topic also embodies this aspect of trust, right? Are you trusting something that you can kind of sense, but you can't really quantify in a way? And I think that that's definitely challenging and definitely challenging for a lot of people, completely understandably so. So um, Mm -hmm. I I think, yep, go ahead. I was just going to say I had, and I know that this is very much tied to my own personal belief system, why this was so impactful for me. But after my dad passed away, I had this overwhelming, profound sense of gratitude and sort of awe that I I don't really know how to explain it. It was sort of like I was thankful that he was experiencing, but I was sort of seeing it from his point of view. Um... I I had this overwhelming sense of gratitude and awe that he was now in a place where he could see the big picture and all the pieces that maybe had not been cleared during his life that he could understand how all those pieces fit together now after having passed. And that was a thing that brought me actually a, a great deal of comfort in that time of processing my grief was that element that it was, you know, and I guess that's sort of everybody has their own concept of heaven, but that, that was the piece of it that really stood out to me was that I was just so grateful that 
in my head, he was back in the cloud and he could see the big picture. You know? Yeah. No, well said. It was like, it's like a piece of peace, right? Like it's, that's that peacefulness that, you know, yeah. like at rest, that energy of, of, well, non-suffering, I guess. Right. And that yeah. is, um, for me too, that's something that I subscribe to, you know, the people that when we pass again, there's a different perspective and there is an aspect of non-peace, which I guess is suffering that is related to perspective. And mm-hmm. I think it is, I mean, you talk, you know, where mm-hmm. here we are saying all the time, well, this is my opinion. This is my opinion. Well, really in essence, I think everything is just is subjective to a certain degree, right? Like we, the, the, the idea that there's an objective, completely objective, um, reality sometimes philosophically is, doesn't totally hold, at least for me (laughs) in the sense of, you know, everything isn't happening in a way inside of our heads on a physical level, like all we're getting data input, but how we make sense of that is completely subjective related to experiences, Mm -hmm. whether or not that's coming from DNA to life experiences, we frame that data that's coming in is subjective. So we all have that subjective reference for reality. And I think that that is it. There's a book, um, actually, I think there's a couple of books. It's called Biocentrism. And there was a scientist his name is, I think, Robert Lanza. Anyways, we'll put, we'll put it in the show notes. And basically, his philosophy is that, yeah. you know, consciousness is basically experiencing itself. And he kind of goes through from a scientific perspective in terms of um, why that potentially kind of is the case. And parts of it resonated with me. I remember with that book, not necessarily all of it, but that idea that again, it's just like universe, mm-hmm. the universe experiencing itself. Well, it's just kind of, it's just like, well, consciousness is in, in essence kind of experiencing itself. And um, for me, the idea of consciousness without form has always made a little bit of sense just for me, because it seems like we are somewhat mm-hmm. top down in nature. So whether or not that's physically, you know, a placebo the belief of something cascading down and changing the chemistry of our body to um, just the mindsets and frameworks we use for things, that idea of consciousness superseding form has always made sense. So for me also, why wouldn't there be levels of consciousness that I can't even see, you know, that are also kind of related to that? Yeah. And um, yeah, no, it's, 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 the other, well, I'll, I'll go on this tangent because what, what always was interesting to me too is I remember being like, like young and looking at like an ant and being like, what does that ant think of mm-hmm. me? Right? Like, is it, I mean, maybe if I got really close, it would have a reaction and move away or maybe have a, a sense of something, but he has no concept of what I'm going on in my world. And so why mm-hmm. do I think that I'm at the top of the chain? Like why, I mean, he thinks he's at the top of his chain, right? Like he's an ant. He's just doing his thing. So as humans, that was something that I was a question I always kind of asked myself. And just like, well, what what if there's another kind of layers of consciousness kind of above me that I can't see? And that was something that always, in one essence, gave me peace. But I also um, was mindful of not diving down 
too much into for myself because that was something that I could also make very significant. Mm -hmm. And then instead of being an expansive thought of energy of like, Hey, there's cool, man. Like there's something, the aspect that's right. that I can't see it becomes, Oh my God, what is that? Is does that mean? What is that consciousness then? Is that a blah, 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 blah you know, whatever story of, you know, you want who's to watching me? <laughs> exactly. Is that what aliens are? Is that what, you know, or is that an entity like, like that? And so after a while I realized, well, that's not the area I choose to go. So getting back to our topic of things that are a choice, um, you know, I think there's a lot of layers of choice. There's the bigger picture choice that we talk about in terms of whether or not that's kind of before we come in or from my point of view, it's like all happening at the same time, but some other parallel dimension Mm -hmm. was something, whether, you know, that aspect of kind of reincarnation, that aspect of choosing or within our conscious mind in terms of choosing to kind of choosing to what we make significant and what we don't. And mm-hmm. um, I think both aspects of choice are important. Yeah. I think that you um, sort of gave us a lovely synopsis of the movie Horton Hears a Who. Sweet. <laughs> Wasn't that the wasn't that the premise of the Dr. Seuss? Like, well, uh, that's my memory who, anyway, and maybe and I'm so true. wrong. But, no, well, but it, like, it's... was that they figured out that they were living on a flower or something in a bigger? Oh, totally. Right? A person's a person, no matter tiny how small. Little universe. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And Horton yeah. and the oh yeah, right. And that's the whole. Did those people, did those little who's on that little thing, did they choose that? Did they choose the Wickersham brothers and uncles and cousins, the monkeys that tie Horton down? Like, did that, was that an aspect of choice? Wow. And yeah, that's an I interesting question. You know but, so many yeah. more details of this than I do. <laughs> well, I do have a four and a half year old. So, so you do. You do. Probably you do a little fresher in my memory. <laughs> Although the movie was interesting too. Anyways. Um, but yeah. yeah, and so I, I think, you know, jumping around. So, well, then what? Does this does this conversation matter? And I think it does to a point, right? So again, we, I think it's something that it's important, like the why and the deeper kind of philosophical things I think are, are relevant in a society where we all share a space to not be afraid of talking about and hearing other people's point of view. Mm-hmm. But also, how is it going to affect me living my life? And that's a personal question in the sense of it. I think that's because it's subjective. It's going to be different for everybody. So there's no right amount to kind of live your life with that question in mind. But for yeah. me, what comes up is, you know, and it's also a, a challenging one. And it's one um, is this idea of, of, of being a victim. So... And that in itself Mm. is a paradox because, of course, you can look at, like, look at the news, right? Like, how could you not say that there's victims in whether or not, you know, for natural disasters or, you know, horrendous crimes or or whatever? How is there not a victim? And I think that that's one part of the paradox. And the other part of the paradox is an essence of... um, I think if we believe that we have on some level a say of how things unfold, usually things tend to unfold a little bit more closely to how we desire them to unfold. So 
that is I think there's a, a third one. piece of that. Yeah. I think there's a third piece of that for me anyway. I think that uh when things do not unfold the way I want them to unfold, I try very hard to and I I have this has been lifelong. Like I think this is in my fabric because I did this even as a um, like a teenager and and whatnot, but I, instead of trying to sit in that victim place with it, I always try and figure out what it is that it's supposed to teach me. What's the lesson? And I understand that that can be a slippery slope. You know, mm -hmm. if you're talking about what am I here to learn because my baby got cancer, like that is a, that is loaded. And that is, I get where that does not apply as well. So let's just leave it there. Sometimes this does not apply. In my life, when things have unfolded in a way that was not what I was aiming for, I have always come at it from the perspective of what can I learn from this? What is the lesson? What is it? So basically, how can I take this experience and improve myself as a result of it instead of um, be held down as a result of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. So yeah, and I think the, that's I, sort of the third branch of what you were saying. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot, and I agree because there there is that kind of you know just how there can be toxic positivity, there can be toxic spirituality, right? Yeah. Like that, like well, everything happens for a reason. <laughs> just like we've all yeah. been in an instance where you just want to smack that person, right? And justifiably so, because yep. it's just like no. Right. There's not there's there's a time and a place to an aspect. And and again, that can be making things too significant or being forcing a point of view on yourself and not honoring the yep. distinct less than awesome. That is also part of the situation that you're looking at. Yeah. But it, it, it is, it, I guess, a way to kind of okay. just sum it up. It, it's just honoring everyone's process, obviously, is is. Yeah. I think important, including honoring our own, however that looks. Yeah. Um, and there is, um, when we conceptualize things, no matter what it is, then that can become more of a barb and a hindrance for somebody. So um, that is including ourselves. So that doesn't kind of really help. Yeah. So anyways, I'm going to put it back to you because I'm going to start yabbling. All right. Well, we do love a good yabble. I'm not <laughs> going to discount that. We're we're fans of yabble here. But I read years and years and years ago, in my 20s probably, I read a book by Richard Bach that still sits on my bookshelf. It's probably on the bookshelf beside me somewhere here. Um, and I reread it every few years. It's called One uh, by Richard Bach. And and he's the same guy that wrote like Jonathan Livingston Seagull. And he's, he's actually got lots of great books, especially if you like flying, because there's a lot of he's a pilot. So there's a lot of like flight stuff. Um, oh, my God. I'm just having a memory that of being up in a plane with you, Stefan. <laughs> Yeah, when well. you got your pilot's license at one point and you took me up flying in a plane and did a stall and we were free falling and it was terrifying, but I trusted you. I trusted you and we're still here to talk about it. So interesting yeah, choice. Sarah. Aside, just a memory. Yeah. <laughs> Flash. Boom. 
Okay, uh, back to Richard Bach. Anyway, I read this book, One, and it really informed the way I look at choice. And it's not that I take his perspective verbatim, but I I thought it opened up a really interesting line of thinking because that whole book is based on the it's a it's a story version a fictionalized you know dramatized version of the concept of parallel universes right or parallel lives and how any choice that we make just fractures us off like there's no wrong choice it just fractures us into different timelines mm-hmm. different parallel universes lifetimes whatever And that concept has really stuck with me. And um, what that ended up meaning in my life is that there's no wrong choice as long as you're willing to accept the consequence for it. And this is a conversation that um, I've had with my kids, um, you know, with some frequency, but... uh, that concept that that we can make any choice we want but as long as we are accept willing to accept the consequences of those choices and the fact that that choice doesn't make you a bad human just because it's unpopular um, if you're willing to accept the consequences now I would like to preface this by saying I'm not talking about things like murder. (laughs) I am talking about things like, you know, do I want to whatever, do things with my friends or do I want to not do things with my friends? Like, you know, things that are not mortal sin or, well, wow, that goes into a whole other category, Because now That's not where I wanted to go. Now we're putting subjective kind of parameters around something yeah. you know, in terms of, well, you know, only in this sex situation That's or only true. that situation. Um, but I do like, I do like the many world, like, cause that I, I haven't, I haven't thought of that book in a long time. So I'm really glad you brought that up. Um, cause I remember reading it like decades ago and it was great. Um, but it's aged well in yeah. the sense of, you know, the theory, the scientific theory of the many yeah. worlds, like the idea that just as you said, that there are parallel kind yeah. of, you know, um, universes, like dimensions, whatever you want to call it, that we can't really kind of have a concept of. And it's infinite. So every choice, you kind of almost yeah. skip to one and, and go to one. So that I've, I agree. Um, and I think, but it's interesting because the word consequence, right, is is a charged word. That's one thing. And then I guess the other question is, is once we choose, can you not always choose again? Yes, so it's like that you know, is another thing you know I have pay. talked to my kids about a lot over the years. Yeah, so I think also for me, you get you know again, thankfully, like my kids, yeah, I, you know, a four and a half year old and a four month old, like we're not having. Well, Leo's starting to get into like the why questions and stuff, but you know, I got some time to figure yeah. out in terms of things. You know, we potentially talk about a bigger picture. But, um, well, I, that, that concept of you can choose and you can choose again. So hmm. the, I think that's the other piece of the concept of there is no wrong choice because you are not bound by that choice forever and ever. Amen. If it's the wrong choice, choose again. 
Yeah. Like life kind of is a choose your own adventure book. Well, I like you know? that. I, lo- I love that so, analogy. Right? Uh, Thank you for bringing that up because I, I was thinking about that because, you know, you look at a choose your own adventure book and all it's all right there, but you have choice within something. So it's both. Right. And that's, I, yeah. I love that analogy. And yeah, yeah. You choose your own adventure. Um, yeah. I think also um, it's, you know, getting just jumping around a little bit, but it just kind of popped in that aspect again is when there's, you know, suffering and, and um, that aspect of choice. It's, you know, being an allowance of something does not mean you don't take action. Right. And I think, you know, generally speaking, we have this right. idea that we either have to, you know, align and agree. Like if someone's insulting you, you know, we're like, bruh, 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 bruh. you know, you can either, you know, align and agree with it and be like, oh, yeah, they're right. I'm horrible. Or react and resist and be like, no, you are, you know, or there's being an allowance of it. Mm-hmm. But being an allowance of it doesn't mean that you're buying it. It just means you're present with it. And any action you take is not going to be in reaction. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is um, relevant when we go through those times where we feel like a victim, when horrible things have kind of happened, is being Mm -hmm. as present as we can in in order to take action, but not coming from, and again, this Mm -hmm. is way easier said than done, right? Because there's nothing more charged than horrible (laughs) situations, right? Because it's just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. But it still kind of holds that. Um, the more an allowance and clear we can be with ourselves does not, it actually tends to lead to less suffering. However that looks. Yeah. There, there's my fortune cookie statement right there. Okay. (laughs) You know, sort of circling back a little bit, but the concept of being able to choose and choose again, where this has really come up um, for me, put it this way, it's taken a long time for me to be able to school myself on this. And it wasn't until I was talking my kids through the same thing that I started to get it for myself. Um, but if you are someone who suffers with anxiety, which is, there's a lot of anxiety in, in my, my people, and I am someone who suffers um, pretty hard with analysis paralysis. I need to get all of the information, and then I get so overwhelmed by the information that I'm able to do nothing with it. <laughs> so I just sit in that. And both of those are the same thing, the anxiety about making the decision or the overwhelm of making, they're just sort of different flavors of the same thing. And it comes back once again to that concept of make a choice because it's you don't need to be so afraid of making the wrong choice because if it's the quote unquote wrong choice, you get to choose something different. Totally. If you take that job, if you're not sure whether you should take that job or not, you and you know you come to the decision that finally, mm, okay, eh, I'm going to take the job, but I don't know if I'm going to like it. If you don't like it, you can 
quit the job. Yeah. If you don't like the school program that you go into, it doesn't mean that you have to go and spend the rest of your life doing that thing that you've trained for. You can pivot and make a new choice. Totally. It's okay. And I think, you know, and I know you don't mean it this way, but I think the words, right? Like that, cause the, does that, is that a wrong choice if it leads to something else? And I would say the answer is no. Right. Like, it's just like how we, you know, if you have a relationship Agreed. that is no longer serving you, it doesn't mean that relationship is wrong, even if there was horrible things in it. Agreed. Right. It, but it helps you choose past it and go there. And just getting back to, you know, what you were talking about, like by that, you know, analysis paralysis, like that anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, on one level, because that, that's a good example of choice in the sense of, well, why would I choose that? Well, do we choose it because it's familiar? Do we choose it because somehow that makes us safe because we're not actually doing anything? And there's some aspect of ourself that feels safer if we don't do anything, which means we're paralyzed. So there's value in terms of why we would be potentially choosing something. I think, and sometimes that helps us. Again, that's being an allowance of it to be like, oh, okay, well, I see why I would be kind of part of me. And I, I guess at the end of the day, it's nice to say part of me as opposed mm-hmm. to me. But part of me would choose that for that reason, to feel comfortable because it's known, mm-hmm. right? And it's, again, like we see that then in all sorts of things. Like we stay in, you know, situations that aren't healthy because they're known, they're familiar in some capacity, either they're just familiar or they resonate with a past yeah. experience or relationship or, or parents or, you know, who knows, like it's endless in terms yeah. of the possibility. Yeah. So, um, but I think again, that's a good example of how we do choose things that on an objective bigger picture, oh, I wouldn't choose that. I wouldn't, you know, well, there is some sort of value to mm-hmm. parts of us potentially for doing that. Yeah, the it's the learning. It's the learning and and that learning serves you in the choices you make afterwards because now you have different pieces of information with which to make further choices. Exactly. Yeah, more data, right? Exactly. You have more to kind of draw more on data. to be like, okay. And you have more of an awareness because um, you know, again, it sounds easy. Well, just choose. And then if you, you know, if you learn, then you just kind of apply that to the next. But when we go through it, it sucks, right? Like it's discomfort sucks. Right? It's, so if you choose something yeah. and you're like, oh man, right? Like that was not how I envision it. And I feel like poo right now. It's tough to go through that. But it is true that that sets us up to choose and have a different level of awareness for whatever kind of choice kind of unfolds next. Yeah. And I, I want to acknowledge that there are sometimes circumstances that arise from our choices that do make it very difficult to make a different choice. Absolutely. You know, I I know someone who um, was really hell-bent on becoming a lawyer, wanted to become a lawyer, um, went through all the schooling to become a lawyer, and all the student loan debt that came along with that schooling process, which is not insignificant when you're doing everything that gets you from a uh, high school graduate to practicing lawyer. And at the other end of it has gotten there and hates practicing law, but feels like the only way they can earn enough money to pay back the student loans is by continuing to practice as a lawyer. Yeah. So I understand that there are sometimes circumstances that come with 
the choice that make different choices very difficult in the future. Not impossible, but it comes with a different set of um, consequences. Absolutely. And if your friend is listening, they're going to want to reach out and probably smack me when I say this. But part of them sounds like they like a challenge, right? And again, there's aspects. We can choose Mm. things because they're familiar. We can choose things because Uh they're challenging. You know, I use this term a lot, you know, even just with patients and stuff like that. And I say it flippantly and and I don't mean any, you know, to not honor stuff, but it's true. A lot of us choose not to be boring. Right. So the, the, all this craziness and, yeah. you know, in essence, and I, for me, the part of us that's kind of connected to that pool of whatever kind of oneness, universal knowledge, whatever you want to call it, um, that part that's connected to that is that, you know, the, the part that's choosing is choosing from a perspective again, of not seeing the challenge and the discomfort and the suffering. So they're like, Hey, that'd be cool. Right. Like, again, there's that aspect of kind of choosing something that quote unquote is not boring. And so that's the level of potentially choice that maybe, you know, your friend kind of chose something from, but again, and again, that can go a billion different ways, just how you can always choose again. Right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's neat and tidy to say, well, this is why, or even, as I just did, like, this is why, because it is more interesting or it's familiar. Mm-hmm. But the essence of that is so much deeper and intricate than that. And, you know, your friend, if they chose again, it would still be related to a whole other potential subjective kind of history of experience, whether or not yep. that's related to, you know, debt or something else to truly find their passion and taking a leap or um, it, it's endless. And, and, I think the one thing that's also a common denominator here that we talk about is all this kind of theory only really works if there's no judgment. And that is also a charged topic because, (laughs) you know, in essence, you know, I could say, well, there is no judgment. And, you know, part of me believes that there's no judgment. That doesn't mean I wouldn't choose, you know, that choice in terms of, well, murder or not isn't going to kind of, I'm not doing it. I'm choosing, you know, I'm not choosing not to murder someone because of the judgment associated with it. I'm choosing not to murder someone because of my own awareness in that moment. And so that's where that's a kind of a different way of kind of saying like kind of the the judgment. So I'm not not doing something because it's quote unquote wrong. I'm not doing something because it doesn't align with where I'm at in that moment. Um, yeah, so, I think that that's a really important point. And, and it's like the difference between judgment and discernment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You, you're not doing it out, not not doing something out of judgment versus discernment that doing that doesn't align with you. It's not going to feel good for you. You have too much respect for human life, you, blah, 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 mm-hmm. all the things. But those are similar, but so different. Yeah, because that judgment, that charge is around. And so like, that's where, you know, if we're able to let go of judgment, one, it's easier to navigate and make choices anew. We can always choose again. It's a lot easier to do that if there's if yeah. we're able to shed at least some of the layer of judgment, both that we have for ourselves and societal, it does as well. Yeah, because... If you say supposed to, that's really inherently saying something about judgment, 
right? Like, oh, I'm supposed to, or shoulds, right? There's, yeah. there's always a, you know, like, you know, the kind of a heaviness related to it. That's usually yeah. um, some sort of solidification of, of this is wrong. And that wrongness usually has that yeah. judgment that kind of keeps us kind of, well, keeps us small. It keeps us without growing. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. Yes. Uh, I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are back at the Muppets. Yep. 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 Uh huh. <laughs> um, I mean, have we tied it up in a lovely little neat bow? We can't have done well, that yet. Well, we've put, tied it up into a bow. Again, whether it's a, whether or not that's a neat one, that's subjective. I don't think so. <laughs> no. But even just talking about this, for me, is helpful because, you know, I, I think some of our core beliefs and core awarenesses exist kind of as an awareness, but putting them into words can be challenging. And it was even for me today, right? Like, I was just like, it made, there was, it was up there, but I go to get it out. And it's a little, little, little you know, it kind of flutters a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I would, I would hazard that the bow we tied things in might not be the neatest one. Granted. But it's a bow. And I think, again, there's, um, it's important, even if you don't talk about this with other people, is in essence, is, is just letting yourself think about that aspect of it and not to come to a conclusion necessarily of, oh, this is how it is. And, but just to kind of explore that aspect of it. And I, you know, in essence, I think that that's what we did today. So I also, as, as I'm sitting here thinking about our conversation today, I would like to just acknowledge that so much of what we talked about came from a place of, you know, we talk, we have talked about confirmation bias and, and bias in general. And so much of what we talked about today came from a place of a perspective of um, privilege Meaning, if you are born in a war-torn village in a third world country, you just do not have the uh, same capability to step into choice when you are living in survival mode. Absolutely. And without getting specific about where it's coming from, we can even talk about that here in North America, but when you are living in survival mode, it, and actually that's a whole other vein of conversation that is probably worth exploring a little bit. When you are living in survival mode, it drastically reduces your capability for choice. Well, I think your choice becomes just that though, is to survive, right. And yes. everything that it, it, it comes to with. And, and yes, like, and I'm glad you said that, you know, we've all had, you know, on one level suffering is relative and I don't like completely comparing it, but at the same juncture, you're absolutely right. You and I's experiences in life compared to some others that would put them into that constant reaction is a lot different. And that is a whole separate ball game and to place our views onto them that's where that's that toxic spirituality well everything happens for a reason oh look good choice there that's not too boring there you know but so and and 
so yes, I'm glad you said that because I don't want to, um, you know, not honor somebody's experience through again, that horrendous aspect because they're horrendous is everywhere. Yeah. But at the same juncture, it doesn't change completely the philosophical aspect of the bigger picture. And I think that it's still important yeah. to kind of look at, um, you know, or maybe it's not important to look at for you and that's totally okay. And I guess that's the idea is this, it, yeah. you don't, you don't have yeah. to kind of make this a thing. You don't have to let yourself fall onto one, like, well, everything's a choice or everything's random or, you, you know, whatever the case is, whatever's right for you is right. Um, so, but yeah, I'm glad you said that because it, we were coming, everybody's coming at this kind of shared space a little bit differently for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what's true for each of us is I think always in flux because we are always, uh, inputting new data. And so these ideas are always, um, nothing is like just done and crusted and that's it. It, it's, it's everything is always in development. Absolutely. Right. Like everything is dynamic. Nothing is really in essence is static. And again, we can, that's look at physics. the word I was looking for <laughs> is it's the same thing, right? Like you, we, you can see, you can get a snapshot, but that's not the true picture of reality. It's the best kind of approximation in a given moment, yeah. but that's not an ultimate kind of truth. And yeah. it's the same thing. And that's where the choosing again kind of comes in. Um, anyways, Thank you for kind of going on this conversation with us today, everybody. And um, yeah, this will be one that uh, I don't even know how to sum it up. So I'm not going to. But <laughs> for me, I'm glad we, we did ha- not solve the world's problems. No, but we hopefully inspired some thought. Inspired some thought, and who knows? And I, I think empowering the capacity to choice is is a helpful one. And, and so I think if we can impart that a little bit is that aspect of empowering people to look at their situations, um, not one of control, but why potentially there is value in things that are less than awesome and definitely letting ourselves look at choosing past that. And kind of almost accepting that yes. first bit as a way to choose past that and get ourselves out of that discomfort or suffering. So yeah. without talking in circles yeah. a billion more times, uh, <laughs> let's wrap this sucker up. Okay. Sound good? Sounds good to me. Okay. All right. All Love right. it. All right, guys. Thank you very much. We're going to put the the books in the notes because I think there's some good books about this. So even ones we might not oh, have yeah, mentioned, yeah. we're going to put it in the notes a little bit. And then so this is the if you're in a philosophical mood episode, this is one. If you want the deeper kind of <laughs> kind of energy, this is the one to listen to. All right, everybody. We'll see you next Perhaps time. We'll put a disclaimer about that off the top. Yeah. <laughs> All right. See All you right. next time. Bye bye. <laughs> Thanks for joining our conversation today. You can head over to thisbiglifepodcast.com for all the show notes and information. If you loved what you heard here today, would you do us a favor and rate and review the show? It helps more people just like you discover these juicy conversations. And if you know someone you think would love this particular episode, you can even go ahead and share it with them right now. And if you have a topic you would love to hear us discuss, or someone you think would make a great guest for our show, 
you can submit your ideas using the link in the show notes. And you can always find us on Instagram at this big life podcast. Thanks again. We'll be right back here in your ears next Tuesday. See you then. Thank you.